Hi everybody, my name is Landon Arenas. Thanks for listening to episode 175 of the Vortex of All Data Podcast. Welcome to the Vortex Apologetic, where substance reigns over mindless entertainment. Because biblical truth matters in a profound, timely, and urgent way in a lost and dying world. And now, introducing your humble servants in Jesus Christ, Ricardo, a.k.a. B, Arenas, and Jeff, the Brain, Claiborne. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for another blessed week you've given us, Lord. Thank you for your grace and your mercy, Father, uh, watching over us and keeping us alive, Lord, and allowing us to live another day, Lord. I am thankful and grateful for my brother, the Brain, Lord. I uh, just very appreciative of his life, Lord, and uh, his uh, fellowship. And Father, uh, he's a, a great brother in Christ, Lord, and I appreciate his family as well. Father, I pray that you continue to bless his life out there in the East Coast, Lord. Continue to use him, Father, uh, to bless those that he comes across, meets, gets to uh, be a part of uh, in the body of Christ, Lord. And uh, Father, continue to um, let him be a light, Father, into uh, many people's lives, Lord. Thank you for again for allowing us to do this, Lord. We we love podcasting, Lord. We love talking about your word, Father. Let us continue to be fervent in doing so. We want to get things right, Lord. Let us approach everything with fear and trembling when we speak your word, Father. Right? Thank you for uh, our families, Lord. Bless our wives, Lord. And we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. I pray. Amen, Amen. My brother. From far, 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 far east. How are you doing? In a land far, far away. Far, far, far away. <laughs> I'm hey, doing good, bro. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Before I even forget. Yeah. Uh, you know, apparently, Biden is not going to make it till 2024, right? That's what kind of we're all thinking. We thought he wasn't going to make it even mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Get who's guess who's going to jump the ship and run? for 2024 oh now this is something i haven't heard because i haven't been checking the news in the last few days oh so you got me on this one let me tell you busy studying scripture (laughs) i'll give you a hint (laughs) you just left this man state like a year ago whoa 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 whoa. you talking about gavin newsom ding 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 ding. what do we have for him johnny yes (laughs) gavin I'm going to run for president, use them, because I yeah, really suck yeah. at governor. Well, yeah, both are true. Um, so I thought I thought he was going to run for president in 2024. Uh, well, that- he, he's making it official, apparently, now. So okay. This right. here, California, California's Newsom will run for president if Biden doesn't. That's what the report says. Is just a quick here is Newsom is undeniably, unequivocally preparing to seek the Democratic presidential nomination in 2024 if President Biden decides not to run for a second term and is poised to take on Vice President Kamala Harris, according to a report on Monday. Him and Harris in the primaries. Yep. Can you see that? And did you? I, you say you haven't. 
you know, been keeping up with the news. Me neither. But I just happened to come across this. He actually openly challenged Ron DeSantis to a debate. Can you believe that? The man must be suicidal. I, I'm telling you, I, it, you know, it's funny. I wouldn't challenge him to a debate. No, are you kidding me? Oh, my God. He was adamant about wanting a debate. It was funny because I, when I saw that and I saw an article about it, um, he just straight up wants to challenge him. He he just thinks DeSantis politics is our way out of line. So anyways, about the thread of all the comments made, everybody was saying Newsom doesn't even know what he's getting himself into. No, he has no clue. He's Some in, people, he's in, uh-huh. you know, California is like its own country. Yeah, right. And he's 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 kind of like president of California. <laughs> you know, he's, exactly, he's, in that, exactly. he's in that bubble, right? He's yep. in that bubble. No, and that absolutely. bubble is his world. Uh-huh. He's about to step outside of his world and find out what the rest of the world looks like. <clears throat> it's quite different from what he's used to. Oh, yeah. No, he, he's in trouble if he even tries well, to debate the census. <laughs> depends on if they keep, keep doing the mail-in ballots and the machines to try and cheat. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that will continue. If he even runs, it's, I think the, the cheating is going to get worse. Mm-hmm. So... But anyways, yeah. that that's a super hot topic, bro. I don't know. What do you what, what do you got? What do you have? <laughs> well, they buried the queen today. Mm. That is true. And that is uh, true. so I had a I, I I joined Truth Social finally. I said, oh, okay, I'll go in and go in with the cool kids and join Truth Truth, Truth Social. I can't say it. Truth Social. Truth social. Uh, so what is Truth so, Social, brother? It's the one that Trump started. The, the ah, Trump okay. Good Trump stuff. Yeah. Try it it's, out, it's people. Kind of like, it's kind of a cross between Twitter and uh, Facebook from what I can see. Ah, okay. Yeah. I'm still trying to learn it, but um, it's it's a different animal <laughs> from, yeah, from yeah. Facebook and Twitter both. So I'm learning the system. But um, so I'd say, you know, I'm, probably nobody will read this because, you know, nobody knows who I am yet. They may never ever know who I am, <laughs> but but I I wrote this to kind of puzzle people and get them to think. So you ready? Hit me with it. This is over the the the, uh, the funeral today for the queen. Pomp and ceremony, flag draped coffin, royal march. The people pay homage. A Disney Castle fantasy land. Heads of state pay tribute. Victims weep and children scream. Dark, deep, dark caverns, caverns of abuse and despair. Christian minister conducts the band. The devil dances with glee. How long will, rea- will reality flee the day the queen was buried? Ooh. That so, sounded pretty clever. Well, it has all of the elements that uh, you know. She has a uh, a public persona mm-hmm. of being a very dignified um, woman that uh, so that had Christian leaning or Christian Christian uh, covering, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even heard ministers say that she um, she uh, projected Christian values. Right, and then there's the other side, the um, the dark side, 
where people have been talking about and uh, bringing out information and evidence and victims have come out and talked mm. about the royal family being involved in um, child trafficking. Right. And uh, pedophilia and all kinds of really dark, evil stuff. So you've got the, the, the public persona and then you have the deep cavern of what ha- what's happening behind the scenes yeah, according yeah. to these folks. So I thought that would be a way of kind of getting people to think, what, what does he mean by victims weep and children scream, deep, dark caverns of abuse and despair? Mm. What is that, right? Of course, the Christian minister conducts the ban. He, he, uh, a minister conducts the funeral. The devil dances with glee. Why? Because most of the people have no clue what's in the it, that's behind what's behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Right. They only see the personal persona. So the deception is there. So the devil dances with glee. Um, how long will the reality flee? The day the queen was buried. And of course, a reference to a Disney castle fantasy land. Um, you know, every little girl dreams of the um, the prince that comes and saves the princes, and the fairy tale stories of princes, mm-hmm. princes, um, prince and princesses. And uh, that's a, that's kind of a fantasy land. And uh, I connected Disney to it because Disney has been caught in pedophilia mm. as well. Right. Yeah, and, right. And, some, and some really deep, dark stuff They're, They have really fallen from grace. And uh, so that I connected that. And um, so you have it all brought in together, pomp and ceremony, flag, drape, coffin, royal march, the people pay homage. Uh, that's just a, the, all of the ceremony and the, the pomp and ceremony of the, of the funeral. Um, I was, I mean, I watched a little part of it when they yeah. brought the cascade, put it on the, on the cart and then pulled the cart. Mm-hmm. Um, the military drill behind that was impressive. Mm, okay. They, very impressive. They did a really, really good job on that. Um, the people pay homage. I mean, people were lined up for miles to see the funeral. I bet. And they have this image of the queen, an image of the royal family. That's a Disney castle fantasy land. Mm. It's that fantasy land, fairy mm-hmm. tale mm-hmm. type of image. But the reality falls, it, 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 the reality uh, hides behind that veneer. And it's the backdrop mm. of what, what really is. Um, so they built this this royalty, and it's, it's interesting how the entire world just gets worked up over it. Uh, they built this royalty uh, around this big image of the royal family, and uh, imagine the kind of power they weld with that kind of influence. Oh, it's huge, huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So the second thing I posted was a verse because uh, this is the real royalty. To me, the royal family is the fake royalty. That's the man-made plastic, you know, um, oh, we'll, we'll get crowns and robes and fancy stuff. And, yeah. and we'll, you know, we'll extend this 
queenship or kingship from the early days of England all the way up into the day. Mm. But the real royalty is this. First Peter 2.9. You are, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The word generation there is genos, G-E-N-O-S in English, and it means a people, a nation, a, a type of people, okay? Yeah, and it's ref- reference to the church. It's reference to uh, born again believers. Uh, that we born again believers, the church, is a a chosen generation. We are chosen by God. We ha- we are a royal priesthood. We are royalty. Mm. We're a holy nation. A nation that is holy. We don't have a holy nation anywhere on the earth. But the holy nation is the salt of the earth. It's the church. Mm-hmm. A peculiar people. Why? Because we're different. We belong to a different kingdom. And our king, the kingdom that we are royalty in is, is not of this world. It is a spiritual kingdom, and it is God's kingdom. And uh, so that we would show forth the praises of Christ, who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So there is no false veneer for the God's royalty. Mm-hmm. There is no behind the scenes. There is no backdrop of evil. It is all purity. It's all pure holiness and, and uh, pure roy- royalty. So the real royalty isn't the monarch in England. It's the monarch in Christ. Mm. Praise the Lord. That's amazing, bro. We don't realize uh, as believers, uh, I think we we do not realize the, the, how I'm trying to find the best words to use, but the important, not the importance, but, the, the power, uh, you know, the, the actual label we have in being saved by Christ. We've taken his, you know, royalty mm-hmm. because of his work. And, you know, Christians, you know, we, we, you know, we're always kind of infatuated with, you know, appearance and, you know, sometimes, you know, we think some of these things are, uh, and I'm talking Christians that are, that do not know any better. You know, they just kind of read scripture, uh, read scripture for the sake of reading it. Uh, but that the persona, the, the, the outside, they think those are the things that make royalty. Right. But in scripture, man, <laughs> you know, it's Hebrew. And I love that verse because uh, towards the end of uh, that verse, uh, you know, it's talking about um, in the past, you were nobody. Oh, verse 10, it says in the past, you were nobodies. Right. Now you are God's people. In the past, you hadn't received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And that was obviously through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. And we don't see it, brother. Why don't we see it? Why you know, do we miss the mark? I think some do, some don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and I don't know why. Maybe it's a, I don't know. It could be a lot of things. Maybe it's a level of, of spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's uh, they're a new Christian and they don't see it. Uh, maybe they're so focused on the redemption of their sin and they're, you know, they're focused on um, the struggle with the flesh as as Romans seven talks about Mm -hmm. that they, that, that struggle with the flesh kind of blinds them to the fact that they are royalty. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we see only the Christian um, only the true born again, Christian struggles with sin is it feels shame uh, over sin is disturbed by it disturbed by the, by their own sin right and yep. it, and it's, it's struggles it, it's a hard life you're struggling against a flesh that wants to do evil mm-hmm. and you and your spirit want to be want to do what is holy and righteous and that's a real battle it's a real fight it's a civil war within us and um, that i think that makes it hard for us mm. to see that in Christ, we are not in the flesh in Christ. We are in the spirit in Christ. And that is where we find our royalty. Mm. Good stuff. And so, yeah, and I can see how it's hard to, yeah. to catch that. I mean, it's it's a struggle. So in reality, you know, what you're saying is that it's more of a spiritual decision that we have. Instead yes. of a physical one, because sometimes, you know, people do see things literally in a physical way when it's not. Now, this is a beautiful, perfect segue into what we're going to be continuing to study when it comes to spiritual things, brother. Mm-hmm. You're, talking about, you're talking about the end of days, right? Oh, no, you got it. <laughs> well, now, last week... We talked about timing statements, and let mm-hmm. me get those verses out once again in case people lost, they, they missed the previous um, podcast. If you missed the previous podcast, go back and listen to it if you have the opportunity, and you'll get all of these timing statements, but you can also look them up for, the, for yourself, and these are timing statements concerning the end times, okay? So the first one is Matthew 24, 34, Luke 21, 32. Mark 13.30, Revelation 1.1, Revelation 22.20, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, Matthew 16, verse 28, Luke Luke 9, verse 27, Mark 9, verse 1, Matthew 26, verse 64, Revelation chapter 2, verse 5, Revelation chapter 3, verse 3, Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. And uh, I don't think I, I don't know if I did this one, but Acts chapter two, verse 17 is the last one. Mm. And so these are all timing statements that are very, very clear that the predictions of Christ in the Olivet Discourse, and also there 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 are this focus mainly on what Christ predicted but the, the apostles also had statements in their epistles concerning this mm-hmm. um, concerning the timing of of his predictions and all of the all of the discourse and his prediction was that the generation that was alive at the time that he gave that all of the discourse in Matthew 24 Luke 21 and Mark 13 
would be the generation that would see the things that he was predicting. So that first century generation uh, would see the fulfillment of those prophecies. Mm. And that's according to the timing statements. Now, I know that's difficult for people to swallow. <clears throat> it is. We, yeah, it's hard because we've been taught something different most of our life. And it's, it's hard once you're, once you're stuck in that kind of a paradigm, it's really, really difficult to get out of it. Um, you know, it's hard to, one thing that's difficult for people is to admit that they were wrong about something. It's scary. You know, it's a scary thing to admit you're wrong because now, now you've put yourself into a vulnerable position and people don't like feeling vulnerable. Mm. Right. But if, if that's difficult for you, I would say, just do your own private study as we go through this series and, you know, go through the verses, do a serious study, not just one where you're reading into the text, your, your presupposition, but a serious study and then come to your conclusion, but don't, don't let um, what you're reading in the scriptures, if it can contradicts with your current understanding of end times, don't let that, be a barrier to you don't let that intimidate you because i know that can happen and that's it it's human nature nobody faults you for that or faults anybody for that but it, it's it's just a barrier that we have to get past and it's you know you and i had to get past that barrier brother and we know you know how hard it was absolutely i think the biggest thing <clears throat> for me was adjusting not adjusting what but placing the proper context of scripture, because I automatically thought the way I was taught that what applied to them then, you know, whom it was written to, it applied to me as well, because I'm part of the same flock, right? I'm part of not understanding what a regeneration meant scripturally. Right. Uh, so it was a little, yeah, like you said, it was a little hard to kind of get over it. Like, no, that can't be it. I've been taught this for many years. Like, mm -hmm. why, why, why am I even going to adopt something new? But then challenge with, you know, uh, verses like the renewing of your mind, uh, being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. So I started really thinking about those things in the way I study scripture. And when I was challenged and I saw that I had no answer or no argument in regards to last days, uh, uh, you know, trying to prove my uh, eschatology, I was like, I better start looking into these things and you know, long story short, brother, that's kind of when I, when I was going through that paradigm shift, you were already there. And I started attending the same Bible study where you were teaching. Mm -hmm. And folks, let me tell you, a lot of things my brother would say during the study and topic, you know, in regards to the last days, I was always looking up like, wait a minute. This guy is kind of saying some of the things I've been reading about. Wait a minute. So I would stay afterwards to start asking questions like, hey, bro, let me ask you about the, <laughs> these last days uh, you're talking about. Those were uh, good conversations. Oh, yeah. they were great coming. We, we spent yeah. many, many hours, you know, we talking did. and going on through this. But yeah. folks, that's that's what it is. You know, and a lot of times we're afraid. Absolutely. We're afraid because we think we're going to get wrong. We're going to get into what a cult. We're going to join a cult because we right. are our paradigm is shifting. But that's not the case. We are to show ourselves approved. We are to do our own study. We are challenged. What did the Bereans do with scripture, brother, right? 
when Paul went to preach to them, they were grateful and thankful, but they said, okay, Paul, now we're going to go to see whether those things are so. We're going to unroll that scroll and see mm-hmm. uh, if what you said is true. And right, that's and Paul, what we're supposed to do. And Paul commended them for that. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why they were called the most noble <laughs> in scripture, right. the Bereans. Right. I mean, so. And so, yeah, it, now that the, the difference between what we're doing and what a cult would do, a cult would not give you the option to study it for yourself. Oh yeah, a cult, absolutely. A cult, a cult would use would use take an emotional attachment, mm-hmm. and they would focus on that emotional attachment, and they would use that uh, that emotion to attach to the doctrine that they want you to learn, and by connecting those two together, they begin to use what's what's a mind control technique. Um, this oh, yeah. is right out of, right out of MK Ultra, a a, a work that the CIA did when they were working on mind control stuff, mm. but um, it's a technique and cults use it. Uh, and then there's other steps beyond that, but no, we, we will not do that to you folks. That's not what we want to do. We want you to have the freedom to be able to study the scriptures and then come back and challenge us mm-hmm. and, and, Absolutely. You know, because we could be wrong on some things, you know, Oh yeah. But this oh, is yeah. a journey we take together and we and sharp iron sharpens iron and we learn from each other. So, any good thoughts? Stop, my brother. No, no, brother. You said good things. So let's get into heaven and earth. Ooh. Heaven and earth. And the uh, question is: Is it physical heaven and earth, or are we going to do some? Are we going to talk something spiritual heaven and earth? You know, because the word of God does talk <laughs> about both, kind of, you know, both. here and there. Yeah, there's but both. we also need to interpret which one it is, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll, as a, as a base uh, passage, mm-hmm. we'll begin out out of uh, Matthew twenty four, and this is the Olivet Discourse. Now we're not we're going to ch- we're going to take bite size uh, portions of the Olivet Discourse over a period of time, and just kind of focus on each bite size and explain them. So today, we're going to do heaven and earth, and that's the passage right after uh, verse thirty four. Verse 34, which we did last week, says, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. And we really focused on that. Mm-hmm. Tonight, I'm going, to verse, I'm going to focus on verse 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. So it's pretty, it's clear, number one, that his word, the word of God, would never pass away. That's, that's uncontroversial, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, the, the part that can be controversial is heaven and earth shall pass away. So what we need to do is define what is heaven and earth passing away. Mm, that's a good one. Okay, there we go. All right, so let's begin with understanding the language of the Jews and how they used language. Now, we have passages that talk about heaven and earth perishing. And we have passages that talk about the earth being eternal, which can be confusing, huh? Mm, mm-hmm. if, if, if the earth, earth can perish, but the earth at the same time is eternal, how do you work that one out? Yeah. So let's begin with the four verses that talk about the earth being eternal. So we'll begin with that. Ecclesiastes 1.4. Mm. 
get down to where Ecclesiastes is. Take a moment. You can hear the Bible flipping. <laughs> mm, I hear it. Bible. I'm a Bible. You don't hear mine because mine's digital. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a Bible flipper. All yeah. right. So it says. This is Ecclesiastes 1 4. It says, One generation passes away and another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. So, brother, uh, what does it mean by the earth abiding forever? What is that? I thought the earth was supposed to burn up or something. That's that's, that's what we thought too, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) this This is where we're talking about paradigms being disrupted. Mm-hmm. Uh, great stuff like that you can't just go over it and go oh well i don't understand what that means i'll just keep on going with yeah. and the initial yeah. and the initial thought when you read it like this not really applying the proper hermeneutics principles to uh text would be huh you know you see the word earth you're thinking immediately physical earth right well i think in this case it is physical earth the physical earth would abide forever mm-hmm. <laughs> So, but let's let's move on. Let's go to Psalm 104 and see what it says. So Psalm 104, bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord, my God, thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty. There's your real royalty. Mm. <clears throat> who covered, who, co- you, who covers yourself with light as with a garment, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain who lays the beams of his chambers in the waters, who makes the clouds his chariot, who walks upon the wings of the wind, who makes his angels spirits, his ministers a flaming fire, who laid the foundations of the earth that it should not be removed forever. Mm-hmm. So whatever earth this is, it would not be removed ever. Okay. All right. So let's move to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 21. Ephesians 3:21. You probably there already with your digital. <laughs> fancy, fancy modern stuff. <laughs> All right, so. and the and the Lord said it was good. <laughs> All right, and uh, and we're going to uh, Ephesians three twenty one. Unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus through all through all ages, world without end. Mm-hmm. There's a world that doesn't end. Now we'll go back to Psalm one hundred two, verse. 26. Psalm 102, verse 26. And then we're going to jump into Hebrews. 102, 102, 102. All right. And I said verse 26. Yes. Okay. All right. Now, this is going to take us into Hebrews. Um, we'll start with verse 25. Of old hast thou laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. Yea, all of them shall wax old like a garment, 
as a vester shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed. So wait a minute. Now we have a an earth and a heaven that waxes old and goes through a change. Mm. So one ends and the other one begins. Okay, so now we're, we're to head-scratching time by this point. So let's try to see if we can't make sense of this. Hebrews chapter 8 quotes that. Hebrews chapter 8. I hope I got this right because I messed up. It's not going to look good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hebrews chapter 8. And we'll go, uh, we're going to look at verse, well, we'll go back to verse 12 and work our way down to verse 13. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. In that he saith, a new covenant, he hath made the first old. Oh, wait. The first covenant gets old. Yeah. Now that which decays and waxes old is ready to vanish away. Right out of Psalm 102, verse 26. So the earth and the heavens are talked about there that waxes old. That's the old covenant. Because a new it, what it transitions transitions into is a new covenant. Amen. So we have a physical earth that, that endures forever, but we have a covenant earth, a covenant world that waxes old and burns up. And that burning up, of course, it, it has to do with the Roman army going in and, and burning down the temple in AD 70. Uh, and then it decays, it waxes old, but then a new covenant comes in. And so it's a, it's a completely new system based upon the ending of the old covenant religious uh, sacrimonial system and all of that and the bringing in of the redemption of Christ. Christ was the final sacrifice. Therefore, the old world, the old heavens and earth had to end. Now, when you look at some of the historians, you look at Josephus, Tacitus, and there are others, they will tell you that in Jewish culture of that time, in Jewish language, their metaphors and idioms, heaven and earth referred many times to the temple because that is where God came out of heaven and met with the people on earth. And the, the Holy of Holies was God's dwelling place in the Old Covenant. That was right. his, that's where the people connected with God. And only the high priest could go in and do that once a year for the atonement of sins. All right, so let's move to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 11. And it, it says this, let's see, am I, no. Lord, Lord, it look right. That's Titus. <laughs> I gotta get to Hebrews chapter. <laughs> That'll look right. Okay, here we go. Let's go up to. Let's start with verse eight. But thou the son, he saith. How much time we got? Are we? We get less than one minute. All right. 
Um, let's, uh, okay, I'll, I'll try to get through this. But unto the Son, he said, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness as a scepter of thy kingdom. So God has a kingdom. And he has a scepter. Mm -hmm. And he rules. He rules over. And so this, this is kingdom language that we're dealing with. All right, so verse 9. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning has, here comes the language, laid the foundation of the earth. Mm. And the heavens are the works of thine hands. Now, remember, heaven and earth can refer to the temple. Verse 11. They shall perish, but thou remainest. And they all shall wax old <coughs> as does a garment. And as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy ears shall not fail. But to watch of the angels, said he at any time, sit on my right hand. To which of the angels, said he at any time, sit on my right hand, until I make thine enemies thy footstool. So we can see here, based upon... Chapter 8, verse 13, mm -hmm. Psalm 102, the language is the same. And we, it's clear from Psalm 102 and, and Hebrews 8, 13, that this type of language is a reference to the old covenant. Mm, that's right. Heaven and the, the center of the whole covenant being the temple. So what perishes? It's the old covenant, not the physical earth. Now, repeat, this, this repeat is that. Repeat that one more time. What perishes? It's the old covenant and the old covenant temple worship, not the physical earth. Mm. Now, let's give folks just a moment to digest. I that. was going to say, you need to pause there for a second or two because uh, I'm sure some folks that, that's a shock to the system, bro. <laughs> If you have Tums in your tab cabinet, you know, anti-antacid or something, you know, <laughs> take one because I'm sure your stomach is quite upset at this point. Um, you know, and, and that's not to be um, flippant or anything. I'm, I just, I know how shocking this can be when it's completely, it's a, it's a complete reversal of everything we've been taught. Mm -hmm. We've been taught by most American Christianity, uh, that the physical earth is going to burn up. Yep. And then there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, you know, a new physical heaven and a new physical earth. But as I just pointed out, the scriptures don't teach that. Because what we're doing is we're understanding the language from a 21st century Western Gentile um, viewpoint. Mm. And we don't run. Go ahead, brother. I was going to say, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. Because we're trying to apply it to us today. And if we are to understand that culture during that generation, the timing statements, the apocalyptic language, the audience relevance, uh, it, it doesn't fit in our paradigm right now. 
it's just right. doesn't. When we actually understand the text, right? The way we were thought, taught, you know, prior to us coming to this paradigm shift, and I'm sure you know a lot of folks that are listening, uh, you know, can can relate to this. Is that the world is going to end? Uh, we're waiting for that mark of the beast. We're waiting for the antichrist to come. Uh, and everything that we read in scripture out of those same passages, we apply it directly to us, brother. We think that generation is not 40 years, but it's 2000 years old. Right. Right. Um, it's 40 years. That's a biblical generation. And that's why, you know, there was 88 reasons why the world, why the rapture would occur in 1988. Remember that book? Mm, oh yeah <laughs> um, and that was written before 1988 and, uh -huh. and you know what if from a futurist standpoint uh, his reasoning was quite good actually yeah yeah um people make fun of it now because it was completely wrong in his prediction but look if he had if he if he 1948 being the formation of the the new nation that they call Israel over there, um, he if you count it up, forty years that's nineteen eighty eight. So if that were the beginning point, then he mm -hmm. would have been correct. The problem is, um, you have to ignore all of the timing statements that I listed, all the verses given the timing statements that I listed at the beginning of this podcast, and went through in the last podcast. You have to ignore all of that. In order to get to a um, a tribulation that is occurring now, or a tribulation that, that will occur in our future, mm. you bring up a great point. Uh, also, I was thinking, do we have to build a temple and destroy it every single time? <laughs> I know, I really, yeah. It, it amazes me that Christians really get excited about the idea of a temple being built over there and yeah. and what, they, what yeah. they're calling Israel. It's not. That is not, those are not the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah. The vast majority of the people in Israel today are not the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, so that they're, they're a lot more Gentile than anything else, right? A lot more Gentile. They're actually, came, <laughs> a lot of them came out of the, um, uh, what's it, the islands? I mean, uh -huh. the, the uh, mountains. The, the mountains. You, 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 I'm like, oh, that's a whole new uh, <laughs> tribe. <laughs> Polynesian. No. Anyway, <laughs> the mountains, the Eurasian mountains uh, the, where mm. the Caucasians came from. Mm. But they took on a Jewish religion. And so because they took on a Jewish religion, they called themselves Jews. And then a lot of them went and settled into the Holy, Holy Land in 1948 when the Bel uh, Belford Accord uh, actually opened that nation up and Re reformed it no it wasn't it was reformed by a bunch of people that that don't believe what we believe as christians folks mm -hmm. they had they had political reasons for what they did mm. That's not, true. not biblical reasons but but at any rate uh boy i'm really upsetting people but <laughs> trying to no. do it trying to do it in a very gentle manner though. <laughs> um but the, the fact is, is that um, it, 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 any prediction of a tribulation or a future tribulation now will fail. It will fail 100% of the time because you've got to pay attention to the timing statements in Scripture. Mm 
And the timing statements for that was first century. It's absolutely clear in the scriptures. And it has confounded commentators and confounded theologians for a, thousand, for a, thousand, a couple thousand years. Well, I'd say probably starting from about the third century up. It's mm. confounded them. Now, the first century Christians, they understood all this. Oh, absolutely. We, even, were, we, we even got a writer, a Jewish writer that uh, was writing uh, a Jewish history. And he details these timing statements, uh, details uh, what transpired, uh, the apocalyptic language that is being used. He described it right in detail, brother. So when we think there's no evidence, when we think, oh, well, you know, that's that's, that's really just, uh, you know, it's it's hidden. It's not true. Uh, no, there are, there are writers, brother. There are writers that I don't think a lot of people are aware of. And right. I think, as, especially as Christians, you know, I think we get caught up with, you know, uh, uh, the Darby's and, you know, everybody else that came after him. And uh, well, Sco- uh, Schofield. Schofield, Dallas correct. Schofield. Dallas, and then LaHaye. I mean, and even mm-hmm. though those books that Tim LaHaye wrote, they're very intriguing. I mean, wow, that's you know, to me it was very like entertaining. A, very entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. Who wouldn't want to well go written. have something with action and you know, well written? Yeah, but it was <laughs> it was not a hundred percent accurate at all, or no. biblical, I should say. You know, no. uh, there's, I mean, yeah, there's truth to a lot of things that they were talking about, especially when they were quoting scripture. But it doesn't mean that they were getting the context correct at all. Exactly. Yeah, that's correct. Now that doesn't. Now we're not saying that they're not believers, our fellow Christian, our fellow believers in Christ. We're not saying that at all, folks. We we embrace them as our brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, that's not even on the table. Um, it's just that uh, eschatology is hard, and the church has not resolved it in two thousand years. The study of the end times is not a simple study. No, and so that's why you have so many different views. You have amillennial, premillennial, you have classical premillennial, you have dispensational premillennial, amillennial, postmillennial, and you have partial and full preterist. Those are really the, the six main, the six views that come up. Now, the the full preterist view is the one that gets the the most arrows. <laughs> it's the one being labeled yeah. heretics, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I I just scratching my head over that one but um you know it it's but so there, there's many different views and it doesn't mean that any they're not that people are bad or anything like that it just means that they're seeing the scriptures differently they're they're un- interpreting it differently and most of the time what's happening is we're reading into the scriptures what we think they should say mm, great point great great point and it's not easy to exegete the scriptures properly and to let the scripture speak for itself absolutely yeah so so i don't fault anybody and like i say we can be checked on this too because we can be there's details in this that we could be completely wrong on there's debates among uh partial and and full preterist Mm -hmm. there is and even among the full preterist community, they debate each other over the, the little disagreements over things. So, I mean, you know, you, you just, and even pre, you know, the 
the dispensational premillennialists they'll they'll debate over you know what a dispensation should be here and what it should be there and you know mm-hmm. what's oh, the yeah. time frame and, <laughs> i mean there's all kinds of debates we're just trying to give you the straight scriptures yeah as they're written absolutely kind of and so you can fill in the puzzles you know but yeah so this is um, so yeah, I'll speak to this a little bit, brother, because I mean, there's a lot more I could go into on this as far as the scriptures go, but I think we've laid some groundwork here. No, absolutely. And I think, uh, <clears throat> explaining as my brother was going through those verses, uh, you can see, especially when you're looking at the language and you're reading it and you're making sense and logically of these were of the words and using them properly, you start to see the context of it and how it had applied to them in that generation and how that completely makes sense. Because, uh, you know, in me trying to grasp some of these scriptures and trying to apply them to me now, then we were just talking the last podcast and I would be looking for a lot of believers that are thousands, a couple thousand years old walking around. Right. I'm still waiting for that voice echoing in the wilderness coming. Right. Or, so it does to it to me when I went through this parasite, it did not make any sense. And to me, what made sense is the application of the proper context to that generation, how it, the implications for them, what they were looking for. And when you read scripture and you read history, uh, Christian history, uh, they knew exactly when the apocalyptic language was spoken to them, they knew exactly what that meant, right? Not like us, a lot of the times when we hear these things. You know, if if the pastor doesn't have, you know, the correct interpretation or his own interpretation, we all come up with different interpretations, brother. And that's not the approach in studying the word or interpreting scripture. You know, there's ways, there's correct ways of doing it. So it's important. So as my brother explained, heaven and earth in these passages, it's important because we have to know when it's talking about physical earth. And when it's talking about spiritual earth, although the language seems to be similar, but mm-hmm. there's words in there that are completely change the context of it. Yeah. Yeah. And when you see that the language between the, the, the passages being the same mm-hmm. and, and yeah, literally Hebrews was quoting the old covenant and talking about the old covenant waxing old. Mm-hmm. We, right, we learn right. in Hebrews 8 13 what this what the, the mystery is, the answer to the mystery. Right. Mystery was what is this heaven and earth that's passing away? Hebrews 8 13 says clearly it's the old covenant. And so you you have to really canvas the scriptures carefully to find these nuggets, these these uh, connections in the verses. And God is telling a story here. And it's, it's a big puzzle and you've got all the pieces laid out on the table and you've got to find the piece pieces and put them in the right spot in the puzzle. And what we do is we take pieces, pieces from other puzzles and we mix them in with those pieces. And we try to, we try to get a piece from another puzzle to fit this puzzle mm-hmm. And we pound on it and we made that just thing. I know this is the right spot. I got to pound it in here and get it to fit. And it doesn't fit no matter what we do. And it frustrates. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. And so what we have to do is humble ourselves and just yield to what scriptures say. 
Absolutely, brother. You know, I and, and this just popped in my head, but as we are uh, going through uh, scripture itself, uh, are there any books, brother, that you recommend that help in uh, when we study scripture from that uh, uh, point of view or, or view the covenant slash preterist uh, um, eschatology? Last Top day, of your head. Last day. Okay, go ahead. Last Day's Madness by Gary DeMar. Mm, okay, good one. That is a good one. Uh, the Parousia by uh, J. Stewart Russell. Russell, that is correct. It's a classic. Um, I'd say uh, When Jerusalem Fell by Jenkins. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good one for the timing of the writing of the Book of Revelation. Yeah, uh, I, I think if you do those three as just a starting point. It, it'll give you a real good foundation to kind of understand this. Now there are others. There, there's um, other writers that are really good on this, but oh, yeah. I would say I would say I would begin with Gary Demar because he is his book is the easiest to to go through when you're first starting to learn. Yeah, it is a pretty easy, pretty easy read. It's, yeah. uh, he writes very much to where you can understand it. You can, he really breaks it down <laughs> where you can understand it. And he really kind of covers the gandit. You know, he, he does a good yes. job. And then I would go to the Parousia by Russell after that one. Now it's a more involved read. It's thicker. Uh, it's a little bit more theological, but it's in, it's simple enough language where anybody should be able to, to understand it. Mm. And he even goes through the parables and every, all that stuff. And he, he, he even brings the parables into uh, b- biblical prophecy. And he does a phenomenal job. And then if, you, if, you, if you're wondering, well, wait a minute. I thought the book of Revelation was written in the 80s, 90s, in 80s, 70s when the temple came down. Get the book. Get the book before Jerusalem. Before Jerusalem fell, uh, Kenneth Jenkins does a phenomenal job of laying out all of the evidence in support of a pre eighty seventy writing of the Book of Revelation. I'm going to correct on the last name, brother. It wasn't Jenkins. It was Gentry. Gentry, yeah. Yes, Kenneth Gentry, yeah. Gentry. I just I just thought about it as you were saying the name. I was like, wait a minute. That was actually Gentry, yes. Yeah, I was, I, yeah. See, it just goes <laughs> to prove I'm not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you have definitive proof now, brother. <laughs> yeah. Well, I nickname you the brain because you won't see it. You know, when it, his brain is good, his brain is bad. <laughs> it's just the brain. <laughs> yeah, it's just the brain. My brain's like a steel trap. Things go in, but they don't come back out. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that is good. Uh, that's a joke that a friend of mine told me. I, I just, I, I stole it. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. No, that's a good one. <laughs> so uh, let's take a look at Second Peter chapter 3. Since we got a little bit more time, if I can find Second Peter, <laughs> it went in my brain one time. I don't know if it'll come back out. Oh, that is funny. <laughs> uh, let me get over here. Okay, there's First Peter. That's progress. Second Peter, Peter chapter three. Now this is a big one that people use to talk about the physical earth and the physical heavens burning up. Okay, 
So let's start with uh, verse 9. Not verse 10. Let's say verse 10. But the day of the Lord, so that's clear apocalyptic language, right? The day of the Lord. Yes. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Uh, the same thing that Christ told us. Into which the heavens shall pass away. So you have heavens passing away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. All right. So there's a lot to unpack in that verse. Now, the heavens pass away. Now, we've already read where heavens, there are heavens and there are earths that don't pass away. They, they, they last forever. And that, that would be the physical heavens and the physical earth. So there's only one option for this. It has to be talking about the, the spiritual heavens or the metaphorical uh, heaven of the old covenant. Mm. Right? That's so true. We know, because we know from, once again, Hebrews 8.13 tells us that anytime you see this type of language, where it's talking about a heaven passing away, we know it's connected to the old covenant passing away. So, but it says it would pass away with a great noise. We know that it passed away when the temple fell in AD 70 under the assault of the Roman army and they set the thing on fire. They, they set Jerusalem on fire. They set the temple on fire. By the way, against the orders of the Caesar at that time, he didn't, Vespasian did not want that to happen. And Tacitus, his son, or was it Titus? Titus, his son, tried to stop his army from doing that. But they, but they went nuts when they went in there and to, to take that temple down. And that, I believe that was God ordained. Mm. Uh, it, it was with a great noise. That's the army going in, the great noise. And the elements shall melt. Now, what are elements? Elements. Here are the fundamental principles of Jewish religion would melt. So the, the temple, the Holy of Holies, the instruments in the temple, all of the things that they used, the animal, animal sacrifices and all that, that burnt up and it melted. And it did it with fervent heat. And the earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. Now, we know that at this point to be heaven and earth, the old covenant, the old covenant um, elements of worship, the old, old covenant system of sacrificial animal worship that God had implemented for the old covenant because Christ had not yet come and redeemed us of our sins. Now, this system was continuing after the redemption after Christ rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. And so there had to be a judgment by God to bring this system down because now these um, Abra descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were in direct disobedience to God and were bringing Christ to an open shame with this sacrificial system. Mm -hmm. And so it had to be burned up. It had to be taken down because it was hindering the fullness of the new covenant coming in. 
and it had to be removed. And God removed it. And this is uh, it's Second uh, Peter chapter three in a nutshell. So this is, this has been so long interpreted that the earth would burn up and all of that. Let's move on. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Now, if those things were dissolved and it's the earth that's melting and burning up, how are we? How are we supposed to answer that question? We're burned up with the earth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what would, would it matter? What would it matter what person kind of person we ought to be if we're burned up with the earth? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. You see how see how silly that can be? No, the, what burned up is the old covenant. So since the old covenant burned up and now the new covenant is coming to its fullness, the question is what kind of person ought we to be? How do we... Okay, so because that's a huge change for the for that nation. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know, I mean they the center of their worship, the center of their world, their life was that temple, and when that temple burned up, their world ended. It yeah. the world burned up in Jewish in the Jewish mind when that happened. Oh yeah, and talk about a paradigm shift to people, right? To where the promises to whom the promises were made to. Mm-hmm. Your, you know, your first, the, the old covenant that we first started with, it's going to be gone. We're like, what? It's not going to be physical anymore? What right. are you talking about? Right. Well, who's going to be alive to answer that question? Uh-huh. Now, now the, verse, the next verse goes further. Now, we'll read it again. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, the old covenant being dissolved, what matter persons ought you to be? in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The When the temple came down, the old covenant came down. Mm. So the elements that were dissolved was the temple, which was the old covenant. Mm. Mm-mm. And so the question is absolutely appropriate in, in that case. Yes. Because now they're, now they're lost. They, they've lost their entire world. So what type of person ought we to be at this point in time? Well, the answer is you need to learn how to be a new covenant believer. Amen. You've got an entire new spiritual world you have to grow in and live in and learn about. It's called the kingdom of God. Mm, 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 mm. That is good stuff, bro. It's beyond shocking at this point. (laughs) Good stuff. Another interesting thing that I find, I went all the way to the beginning of first Peter. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to see, you know, because a lot of people talk about, well, see, it's right there. That's for us. Literally, it's for us. But when we go to the first chapter of Peter, or first Peter, mm-hmm. and the letter starts, starts with Peter, mm-hmm. an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Do we see uh, some of those cities now? (laughs) No. Uh, 
Oh, right? Yeah. Yep. So that should always be a starting point for people when we're reading scripture so that we're able to understand these things, folks. Mm-hmm. This- second, second Peter starts this way. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. So he's writing to the believers. Yep. And that's, that's a great point. That was the next one I was going to go to. But it's already talking about Savior Jesus Christ. So the new covenant was in full effect, bro. Right. Right. From the time of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ to the time of the burning of the temple in AD 70, that was a transition period between the old and the new covenant. Mm. The old covenant was dying out during that 40-year period. Yeah. And the new covenant was, um, was it was born and then it increased in, in powers as it went along. Mm, that's a great point yeah so man so that's good was, stuff bro yeah so there was a time when they almost ran parallel to each other mm-hmm. yes now the new covenant was the correct covenant but the old covenant was still in operation because the jews had not yet given it up right right it's almost like you know gave us a, a transitioning period right mm-hmm. by the apostles sending the letters by preaching the word and hitting hard on those points that the old is going to be done, folks. The old is gone. The new one is here. Mm-hmm. We're going in this new one. It will not land. It's going to go forever. And by the way, the physical order, it's not going to end. It's still going to go. <laughs> yeah, it's going to continue. Um, I mean, God created the, I mean, why would God want to create it and then burn it up? Right. That makes sense. You know, right. But uh, and you know what? You're right. It doesn't make sense because even when the uh, the flood took place, he didn't destroy the entire earth. He destroyed no. a people. Right. 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 And but the earth was still there. But the earth didn't perish. Exactly. So that yeah. that's that's a that's as huge on that, I, I believe. But see, yeah. and again, it goes with the mentality that if we believe a lot of people, folks, we used to believe we should, I should say, that mm-hmm. the earth was going to end, you know. And I think for myself, I don't know about you, but for myself, I was a little bit in fear. Like it was more like a burden. Like, oh my gosh, the earth's going to end. It could end at any point. Oh, I sinned today. Oh my gosh, I better repent or else, yeah. you know. So it was more <laughs> a burden of fear, and which contradicts scripture because the the Lord tells us, do not fear. Do right. not fear what can destroy the, you know, the physical body. And then that had to, you know, make sense to me. Like, wait a minute. Huh? See, this is why I believe that the church wins. Amen. I don't, believe, I don't believe the church is hanging on by a fingernail to be rescued by Christ. I believe that Christ is here with the church now. Mm-hmm. Working his kingdom. Amen. And that the church is powerful, more powerful than people realize. It's strong, and it will triumphant, be triumphant, and it will rule over these nations eventually. Christ is building his kingdom, and he will rule over these nations. Amen. Through, through men and women who are wholly dedicated to him. Mm-mm-mm. Good stuff, my brother. Yeah. 
Praise the Lord. Appreciate you. Thank you for guiding us again through another study of, um, you know, eschatology. Um, we, I appreciate it very much. Even as you're teaching, it's a, it's a refresher for me to re, to hear these things over and over again. Uh, but yeah. folks, be encouraged. We encourage you to look into these things. Challenge us if you have questions. Uh, um, you know, we will definitely, we want to do due diligence you know, that we are teaching these things correctly. And, you know, if any challenge, there's, I mean, we've been challenged before we've been questioned before and, you know, we'll go through scripture. We'll look at these things together and, and edify each other, you know, in, in hopes that we are correctly uh, uh, teaching the word of God, interpreting the word of God. Right. Other well, than that, my brother, well, thank you very much. I appreciate, you know, you well, taking us through uh, the heaven and earth uh, teaching. Any final thoughts before we close it out? Um, I guess just, uh, you know, if, if you're angry at us, mad at us, disagree with us, it's perfectly okay. Um, we'll, we'll take the arrows. It's fine. Um, but if you're angry, that means God might be working on you. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> and so just take that anger and turn it into a positive thing. And study to prove us wrong that's my challenge if you don't agree and you think we've lost our minds get into the scriptures and study hard to prove us wrong and if you can think you can do that then just let us know you can um, how could they contact us brother you can reach us through our email our general email which is the vortex apologetic at yahoo.com or you can send us a private message or a direct message through facebook we have uh, facebook.com slash the vortex apologetic you can also reach us through twitter uh vortex apologetic at twitter uh so there's many different ways and finally you can reach us at the vortex apologetic.com Yes, we uh, own our domain, which is cool. <laughs> so you can shoot us a message there. Uh, we, you know, I reply, you know, whenever I get a message, I reply within 24, 48 hours. So, yeah. And, and, and you let us know if you want us to discuss it on air, and we will. Oh, absolutely. Want, we can set that up, to, most definitely. We will, we will read what you wrote on the podcast and give your argument and uh, put that out there. And uh, we're happy to do that. Amen. Amen. We'll definitely do that. So praise the Lord, my brother. If you have nothing else, bro, you know what to do. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> Thanks, folks, for watching or listening. To, I keep saying watching. Thanks for listening. And uh, keep your mind sharp and your heart pure. We'll see you next podcast. And we'll catch you on the flip side. You have been listening to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank you for tuning in listen to the vortex apologetic podcast it's a blessing to have you we hope that you continue to enjoy the future episodes and to tune in and share away with others that might be interested uh, we wanted to thank our families for supporting us especially our wives that uh, they put up with us they allow us to have time to study and spend time uh, in the word of god and uh, in return they help us as well and they keep us to have them in our lives. So we want to especially thank them. I uh, also want to just thank uh, our church, uh, friends, and uh, the 
men's study that we have that we continue to encourage, be encouraged about. I want to thank all these people because they support us and pray for us and uh, it's a blessing to have in our life. Other than that, I hope you continue to enjoy the Vortex Apologetic Podcast that we will talk to you soon. More episodes to come your way. Other than that, I'm out. We're out. God bless you.